Okay, welcome everyone. I'm really happy that you would join me this evening. Um, and I know this was a webinar put together on short notice, but things are changing every day um, with what we're all dealing with, um, with the outbreak of this particular coronavirus, COVID-19. So as things change, we're gonna get more information um, and we need to be learning on the fly. So this was you know, put together pretty quickly just to kind of illustrate where are we at right now and um, what can we be doing? So before I really get started, I'll tell you a little bit about me. I am Chris Vaughn. I'm a certified clinical herbalist. I'm also the owner and program director of Herbal Wisdom Institute, which is an uh, herbal education facility in Arizona. And I've been an herbalist for, oh, just over 10 years. And I have also been the owner and program director of the Institute since 2016. And then I'm also a director for Wise Woman Herbals, which is an herbal product manufacturer. So I do a variety of things in the herbal industry. And I've been also with Wise Woman Herbals for 10 years. So my, my goal in this webinar is really to reduce fear, reduce anxiety surrounding what's happening right now with the virus and you know what everyone is concerned about, spread, of course, fatality rates, things like that. But most importantly, when we have more information, when we know more, when we know better, we do better. And so I just really want to provide for you some information that I have on um, what we know about the virus, but more importantly, practical things that we can be doing to keep ourselves well, to protect our communities, to protect our family, and what can we do if we do get sick? Um, so we're gonna go through all of that today. This slide's just a little disclaimer that the information in this presentation is for educational purposes only and not to replace the guidance of your healthcare practitioner. Um, also, the statements and things that I'm gonna talk about are in no way the opinions or claims of any of the product companies that I might um, mention on this presentation. So this is strictly um, my information as an herbalist and um, as an herbal educator. So what do we know, first of all, about this virus? So the virus that we're dealing with is COVID-19 and it is from, it is a, the pathogen itself is a SARS virus. And once, it, once we become infected with it, that infection is called COVID-19. And so in certain ways it acts similar to a SARS, um, but it is not as aggressive in terms of the respiratory distress that it causes, but it is more aggressive in infection rate. Um, it's estimated that it could be, when all said and done, 23 times more fatal than the flu. So I've been reading a lot of information by herbalist uh, Stephen Harrod Buner, and he has um, made this um, prediction that we could get 23 more times fatal. So um, I'd like to really look at a lot of information from different herbalists, different medical practitioners, 
um, of course, you know, the CDC is what where you know, kind of where everyone is being directed to, but there's a lot of really good information coming out from herbal researchers. And so I've been reading through a lot of that. Um, this virus spreads really easily. And so, you know, of course, from respiratory droplets, so coughing and sneezing, um, it will get onto surfaces. And I think they said it can last from a couple of hours to several days on a surface. And so, you know, you go into the grocery store, you touch the cart that someone just sneezed all over, and then you touch your face, and now you are at risk of getting the virus. So um, what's really important to know about this virus is that most people who get this virus, will the symptoms will be very mild. They're not even going to realize they have this virus especially in a young, healthy individual with no pre-existing conditions, they're going to get what they think is a mild respiratory cold, and then they're going to get over it, and it's going to be no big deal. Some people will think, oh, my sinuses or my allergies are acting up, and they're going to get over it, no big deal. Other people, it is going to hit them pretty hard. And then we have the people who are immune compromised, people with pre-existing conditions that are going to be the ones that are most at risk for this virus um, getting really severe and potentially leading to death. So we've got a really broad spectrum here of what is going to be experienced. Um, they are in the process of making a vaccine for this virus. But what I want everyone to understand is, is that this is a positive stranded RNA virus. And so what that, so we have DNA viruses and we have RNA viruses. Now DNA viruses, let's start with those because those are the ones that they replicate exactly the same every time. So it's really easy to make a vaccine for a DNA virus because we know it's going to act the same every time that it replicates. So that's great. Now, RNA, RNA viruses, they don't replicate the same. They will change their genetic structure every time that they replicate. Every new genera generation of the virus is going to essentially be a different strain. And so look at the flu, for instance. So they make, that's an RNA virus. And so they have to make a new flu vaccine every year. And what they're having to do with the flu vaccine is guess a year and a half ahead of time, because that's how long it takes to manufacture enough vaccines. They're having to guess a year and a half ahead of time which strains we might be coming in contact with in that next flu season. Well, it's not a very efficient way to do it, right? And by the time that that flu season comes around, it might not even be that straight. So that's why a lot of times the flu vaccine is just really not effective because this is an RNA virus. So that's just, you know, one thing I really want people to understand is vaccinations, while for certain things they're fantastic, for other things not so much. So, you know, that's going to be a really unreliable thing. So it's really going to be more important for us to understand how do we keep our immune system strong? How do we 
protect ourselves in terms of prevention and then also what can we know to do for ourselves reliably for ourselves because right now a lot of people in places all around the country are getting quarantines to their homes and even the you know the medical community is saying do not come into the doctor or the urgent care or the emergency room if you are just wondering if this is the virus that you have okay because it's spreading too easily. So what can we do at home ourselves to really be empowered to take care of our health and the health of our family? So um, that's, that's what we're gonna be really going into. A Little bit more about um, this virus. So I just wanna go over, this was information from the CDC as of yesterday. They are updating their website every day. Um, at the end of the day. So as of yesterday in the United States, they have logged 4,226 cases and 75 deaths that are um, related to the virus. And this is with 53 jurisdictions reporting cases. Now, we can really assume that the numbers are higher than this because we don't have adequate testing. Not everyone who gets sick is gonna go get tested. Because remember I said earlier, like most of it is going to be so mild that it's not going to cause someone to go in and seek medical care. And so this is why we estimate that this virus is much more widespread than what we even know and that the infection rates are much higher than what we anticipate. So, um, you know, just important to understand that. This is a graphic of when they first started measuring cases in the United States. Again, this can be found on the CDC's website. And so it looks back to January when we had our first reported case. But I'm gonna tell you, I have been talking to a lot of practitioners who really believe that they have been seeing this illness in the United States since November. And I will tell you, I got sick in November and it was like nothing I had ever experienced. And after talking with other herbalists um, in my circle and other practitioners, I have a, several naturopathic physicians in my circle, and we all believe that's what I had. And I know several people that I know have already had this just by how their illness was presenting. So, you know, we've been dealing with this for a while and didn't really know it, but now we're seeing these numbers spike because now we're testing. Okay, it does not necessarily mean that all of a sudden we're in the peak of this. We, this is just what we know now in a very short amount of time. Okay, so some symptoms. So we have an incubation period we know of at least two days and can be up to 14 days. Most people are going to present first with a sore throat and pro probably a fever, um, or it's going to be a sore throat and a little bit of congestion and cough, which is going to make people think that, oh, it could just be allergies because maybe they don't have the fever. What we're seeing is this presents the starting part of this virus presents very different in a variety of people. But the most common thing is sore throat, progressing into fever, um, could have cough with mucus, sometimes a lot of mucus, 
um, turning to more mucus pretty quickly. Um, a headache, body aches, fatigue, extreme fatigue. It's going to feel like a flu once it really gets going. Um, and so people will go to their doctor thinking that they have the flu. Um, the doctor will say, yeah, it sounds like flu. They test for flu, it's negative, okay? Um, it can then progress to more serious issues like shortness of breath and difficulty breathing. Um, the people who are at the greatest risk of this illness are people that are over age 60. Um, what's interesting in most illnesses, like when you look at the flu, the people who are most at risk of dying of the flu are the elder population, so over age 60, and the very young, like babies. This virus is not affecting children at all that we know of. If a child gets sick, like if they get a sore throat and a fever, they're done by like the next day. And so we're not seeing any reported cases in that younger population and, and absolutely no deaths that I know of as of today in young children. All of the deaths have been in people over age 60, or at least most of them. Um, also people that have pre-existing conditions, most specifically high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, um, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and other um, situations where someone would be immune compromised. Um, so this is, this population of people that are at the greatest risk is why we are being asked to distance ourselves. And so I know there's a lot of people saying, well, I'm not going to let this change how I live my life. And I get the fact that we don't want to give in to fear, and that's very real. You know, we've got a lot of people panicking, and we really don't need to panic. We don't need to worry. I know we've not seen something like this in a long time. This is a novel virus, meaning none of us have antibodies to it because we've never been exposed to it. And so I get that that's scary, but we do have to isolate ourselves for a short amount of time to protect the most um, vulnerable of our population and to slow the spread of this virus so that we can learn more about it, so that we can understand what this virus is going to do. There's a lot about how this virus is going to act that we just don't know yet. So if you're one of those people that's like, eh, I'm gonna go out anyway, I don't care what they say, just, I just want you to kind of step back and think, you know, what if, you know, it was your mother or father or grandfather or grandmother or whatever that is most at risk and they caught that because somebody else was not being cautious, right? That, that would not sit well with me um, and it would not sit well with me if my own mom would not kind of isolate a little bit. Um, so I just want us to really be aware that we're being asked to do this um, to really take care of our community. And this is a time where we get to look at the world a little bit different than we have before. And in a way, I think it's kind of exciting. I know that sounds crazy, but I think it's kind of exciting because it's going to push us to care for others in our community a little bit more than we care for ourselves. 
So for instance, if you know that there is someone in that age group over 60 who might have some immune issues, drop some groceries off to them so that they don't have to go out to the store. And, you know, find out if there's anything that you can do for them so that they're not having to put themselves in a situation around a lot of people where they could contract that illness. So that's, I'm just saying, um, you know, care for other people right now. Look out for those people on your street that you know are elderly. Keep an eye out to make sure that you're seeing some activity in their homes. You know, if, if you haven't seen any activity, go knock on the door. And, you know, make sure that they're doing okay, because if somebody's living alone also and they become ill, they might not be able to reach out to other people. So go and check on them. Um, but at the same time, if you're feeling ill, you know, isolate and stay away. All right. So that was my little soapbox. You know, I go on those every once in a while. I'll probably go on it again. Okay. So let's talk about what's happening in this virus um, when it gets to a point where it's causing some respiratory distress. And so in the lining of your lungs, you have mucous membrane. And so that mucous membrane is covered with what's called cilia. So you'll see the cilia, it looks like finger-like projections or little hairs. And that cilia is free flowing in the lungs to help move debris out of the lungs. So like when we cough, it's gonna help move things up and out of the lungs. This virus, uh, when we get to um, a point where the immune system kind of goes out of whack, uh, it damages the cilia. And so then the cilia cannot function in order to help move mucus and debris up out of the lungs, and we have pneumonia, okay? So this is a viral pneumonia, not a bacterial pneumonia. So in a bacterial pneumonia, you know, they give you an, they give you antibiotics and that's great. Viral pneumonia is very different. So there isn't an antibiotic for a viral pneumonia. So that's what's happening when we have infection that's progressing and getting severe. Now, you some of you may have heard about what's called cytokine storms happening with this virus. So let's talk about what is cytokine so that people can understand. Um, so a cytokine is like a messenger molecule. And so when we are exposed to an illness, a virus, a bacteria, you know, a myriad of things, the, the body has these cytokines, each cell has cytokines that it sends out as messengers to call in the cavalry of our immune system. So in this particular graphic, you'll see the mast cell, lymphocyte, macrophage, granulocyte, fibroblast, those are all immune cells. And these cytokines are calling them into the area to help fight infection and clean things up. So this is part of an inflammatory response. So inflammation is created in response to any kind of injury or infection all the time. That's a normal, healthy immune system, okay? Now, when the immune system goes overboard and can't efficiently handle the infection, we can go into what's called a cytokine storm. 
And that's when we're getting severe damage in the lungs and leading potentially to death. And so there are certain ways we can combat that and certain things that we need to pay attention to um, when we are getting sick. And so that leads us to the discussion of to elderberry or not to elderberry. And if you're on social media, you're probably seeing a gazillion things saying, take elderberry. And then you're probably seeing another gazillion things saying, don't take elderberry. It's going to cause a cytokine storm. So what is true? They're both true. So there are times that elderberry is really good. And there are times elderberry is not. So elderberry in the very first stage that you feel like you're coming down with something or for preventative, great. It's awesome. It's one of my favorite things to use when people in my house start to feel like they're coming down with something. We love our elderberry. However, if you are using elderberry and it is now 24 hours later and you are worse, that is the time to stop elderberry, okay? Elderberry, if it has not handled things within that first 24-hour period and you are now worse, you could be pushing yourself towards a cytokine storm. Elderberry will do that. Now, when we say this, we're talking about elderberry by itself, okay? So not, no other herb in the preparation, just elderberry. This does not necessarily apply when you have elderberry in combination with a variety of other herbs that are also immune supportive and anti-inflammatory. When we put herbs and formula together, we get a synergy um, that is just much better than an individual herb by itself. So as an herbalist, we, we teach about herbs individually, but it is very rare that an herbalist uses individual herbs. Now, there are some that do, and that's fine. Um, I, as an herbalist, mostly do things in formula. So I do, I do keep a plain elderberry syrup around my house for prevention, and then I keep an elderberry syrup with other things in it around the house for when someone actually starts to get sick with something. And it's for this reason. You know, there's a time and a place for each kind of remedy. So to elderberry or not to elderberry, both are true. It just depends on time and place. Okay, so I hope that makes sense. All right, so what do we know about this virus from an herbal perspective? So you're gonna read a lot of information that's a lot of medical jargon. And, and that's fine if you like that kind of stuff, that's great. And it's important to understand. Um, but I like to really simplify things. And I have started to really look at herbs from an energetic perspective. Um, you could look at it like uh, traditional Chinese medicine is an, um, an Eastern medicine tradition, thousands and thousands of years old. And energetics is part of traditional Chinese medicine, but you also have energetic theories from Ayurvedic medicine, 
but it is different than how a Western medicine looks at things. So Western medicine looks at illness in terms of the illness has these symptoms, it, has, it works this way in the body, and so we're going to choose an herb with this chemical profile, okay? So it's very much like prescription. You know, you have symptom A, we're gonna give you herb B, right? Now, when we look at it from an energetic perspective, what we're seeing and what we're knowing about this virus is that we would consider this to be a cold and damp condition. So it's cold, in terms of the body not being able to generate heat in the immune system to effectively fight the virus and damp because it's causing a lot of mucus and phlegm in the lungs. And so when we think of an illness from that perspective, cold and damp, then we want to look for herbs and foods that are warm and drying, okay? So we're looking for an opposite of what the virus is doing in order to balance the body. So you'll see in this image, this, uh, there's onion and there's turmeric and ginger and garlic and jalapenos and um, you know orange peel and lemon peel. And, and over in the corner, there's some apple cider vinegar. And, this is leading to one of our favorite remedies, which is fire cider. So I don't know if any of you are familiar with fire cider, but it's a remedy full of hot, spicy, pungent kitchen herbs. It's a functional food remedy. It's all of these things are going to warm the body up. So when we think about the herbs that we have in our kitchen cabinets that we cook with normally, they're mostly warming, pungent things. Pungent equals spicy, okay? Pungent equals hot or warm, however you want to look at it. Some are hotter than others. Um, but that's what we're really wanting for this particular virus. And I'll tell you, when I look back to when I had this, I gravitated to hot drinks, not cold. And I'm normally like ice and everything. I always have to have ice. Um, but I wanted hot drinks, hot soup, hot stews, spicy foods. That's what felt good to me, okay? So the other thing that is really beneficial is honey, lemon, and ginger. This is like probably one of my favorite remedies because I always have it in my refrigerator. And anybody who knows me, they'll tell you if they message me or call me and say that they're not feeling good, the very first thing I'm going to tell them to do is honey, lemon, and ginger tea every time. So this is something super easy that you can make to have at home. So you're going to get a mason jar, whatever size mason jar you want, and one fresh lemon sliced up, put that in the jar. You're going to get a one to two inch piece of fresh ginger. You're going to slice that up, put it in the jar, and then you're going to put, you're going to take raw honey and pour that into the jar, kind of turn the jar over so that that honey moves all the way through the spaces between the lemon and the ginger. You're going to cap that, put it on your counter and let it sit, or you can put it in the fridge. 
after about a week or two, take the lemon and the ginger out. Um, and then you just have this beautiful syrup that you can just keep in the fridge for several months. Mine lasts in the fridge because I make a decent sized jar. It'll last in my fridge really the whole cold and flu season. So you're talking a good four to five month time frame in the fridge. And then whenever you feel like you're starting to come down with something, you just take a spoonful and you can take it straight, awesome, or you can put it in some hot water to make a tea. Now, if you don't have fresh ginger and you don't want to wait for this to sit for a week or so, then just grab the ground ginger out of your spice cabinet, take oh, eight to a quarter of a teaspoon into a cup of hot water, add some honey, add some lemon, and sip on that and do that several times throughout the day. The ginger is a pungent herb and pungent herbs are naturally antiviral and antibacterial. And so I love to get ginger into people right away because most of us already have it, right? So we would, all, we would be amazed at how much we can handle just from what's in our kitchen cabinet, okay? So your best medicine chest is right there in your kitchen. So some other herbs from your kitchen um, that are really useful would be thyme. I love thyme when, when you have a cough. Um, it is antimicrobial, but it also is very antispasmodic. And um, so keep, you know, that cough that you're just like um, over and over, that debilitating cough, thyme helps to settle that down. You can also mix thyme into honey and let that just kind of infuse on your counter and then make tea with that. Or you can do straight tea or straight thyme in tea. Um, garlic, of course, is another pungent herb. I tell people all the time, if you eat enough garlic, you're never going to get sick because people won't want to come by you because you smell like garlic. <laughs> but <laughs> I love it. Um, and I did learn, there's an herbalist, I think she's in Canada. Her name's Chanchal Cabrera. And I was in class with her, oh my gosh, like nine years ago, she was giving a presentation. And she taught how to take fresh garlic and not smell like garlic. So I'm gonna share that with you. I tell this to all my students and it really works. So if you wanna take fresh garlic for your cold, or flu or whatever it is you're dealing with. Get out your cutting board, peel your garlic, chop it up really fine and let it sit on the cutting board for 10 minutes. It takes that 10 minutes for the chemical compounds in garlic to come together and to create the medicinal compound that we're looking for. And for the life of me, I just blanked on the name of that compound. That's okay, it doesn't really matter. Give it 10 minutes. Then you're gonna scoop that minced garlic up onto a spoon and you're going to swallow it whole. Do not chew it. If you chew it, you will smell like garlic. If you don't chew it, I promise you, you won't, okay? Swallow it down, chase it with some juice or something. Eat some food with it because fresh garlic can be really hard on the stomach, okay? Now, I'll tell you, I tested this theory. When I was in herbalism school, I did this and I did it for like three days in a row. I, and I think I did like three cloves of garlic a day, three to five, something like that. And I asked people every day, do I think, be honest. And not, never did I smell like garlic. So it really works. Try it, it's interesting. 
Um, another herbs that, that you might, another spice you might have in your cabinet would be turmeric. This is a wonderful anti-inflammatory herb. And when we're looking at combating cytokine storms, the herbs that do that for us are anti-inflammatory herbs because remember the cytokine storm is an inflammatory process. It's an inflammatory cascade that happens. So if we do anti-inflammatory herbs, we combat that in the body. So ginger, garlic, turmeric, horseradish, cayenne pepper, all are beneficial for combating that potential reaction. So when I'm taking elderberry, I will often do elderberry with um, ginger in it for myself. I'll infuse some ginger into my elderberry syrup, um, some cinnamon or yarrow. Yarrow is really great as an herb. It's not a kitchen herb, but um, that's a really great anti-inflammatory. But then I also will make what's called fire cider. So all these herbs on your screen right now, um, and, and you can add so many different things, but Rosemary Gladstar and a, a bunch of other herbalists did a book about fire cider, so you can find a ton of different uh, fire cider recipes. And it's all functional food. So you're gonna chop up these herbs, onion, garlic, horseradish, ginger, um, I do lemon, I do jalapeno, cayenne pepper, and you're gonna put it in a jar and pour straight apple cider vinegar over it. Put, um, put the lid on, but put some plastic wrap underneath your lid, uh, especially if you're using a metal mason jar lid because apple cider vinegar will corrode that metal. Um, and so cap that, set it on your counter for two to four weeks, and then strain it out. And then you're gonna use that apple cider vinegar. Uh, oh, and you can add honey to it too to sweeten it up a little bit. Um, but you'll take a teaspoon of that whenever you want to. Uh, and you can dilute it in some water if you want, if you're not a huge fan of the apple cider vinegar thing. But this is gonna be a really hot, fiery, spicy remedy. Keep that digestion up, right? Remember, we need warming for this particular virus. So I see Amy. It, um, piped in with Allison. Thank you, Amy. I was forgetting the name. So that's the chemical compound in ginger that is the most active that we know of. And so it takes 10 minutes for ginger or garlic, sorry, to create Allison. So thank you, Amy, for that. Okay. Now the next set of herbs that I would mention to you are what, what we call our berberine herbs. Berberine is a particular chemical compound that we find in golden seal, Oregon grape, desert barberry, and Chinese gold thread. And so if you've ever taken golden seal capsules, you'll notice they're a really bright, like golden yellow. And if you, were, if you ever got that on your skin, it stains a little bit. It's that golden yellow compound that is berberine. And Berberine helps to support healthy mucous membrane structure. So this is really important in this particular virus because we know that this virus is damaging the mucous membranes of the lungs. So when we take any herb that has berberine in it, we're really promoting the healthy 
structure and function of that mucous membrane within the lungs, as well as it, this, these compounds being antiviral and antibacterial too. And it's really antibacterial because it doesn't allow the bacteria or the virus to invade cells, okay? So be thinking of golden seal or organ grapefruit, things like that when you're looking at particular remedies. So prevention always first, right? It, it's, it's great for us to talk about what are we gonna do, and I'm gonna get into some of my favorite supplementation um, products so that you can kind of get an idea if you don't wanna make things at home, right? What can you take? But first, we really have to just focus on prevention. Um, so again, social distance. What, you know, why is this so important right now? Um, we talked earlier, protecting ourselves, protecting the most vulnerable in our population, slowing the spread of this virus so as not to overburden our medical system, slowing the spread so that we have time to learn more. And really, you know, just taking this time to sit back, relax, know that the world is going to be okay, everything's going to be fine, we can handle this. We're smart. We have common sense. We know what to do. Of course, as everyone is telling you, wash your hands often. We should have been doing this all along, right? We, sh we know to do this because flu season comes around every year and they tell us to wash our hands. But now it's this new thing. Everybody has to learn how to wash their hands. But <laughs> wash your hands. Um, if you've touched something, if you, if you have to go out and you touch something and you cannot immediately wash your hands, carry some hand sanitizer with you. I'm not normally a fan of hand sanitizer because I think we're a society that's over sanitized. And so we don't really know how, our body doesn't really know how to fight things off anymore. But in this instance, wash your hands. If you can't wash your hands, have hand sanitizer. Avoid touching your face, okay? Because that's where we're gonna get it into the nose or the mouth or through, you know, all the orifices, right? So try not to touch your face. It takes a lot of practice for me to not touch my face. I get it. Drink plenty of water. We need to be really hydrated in order to have a healthy body. And so I tell people, drink half your body weight in ounces of water every day. You're not going to do it all on the first day. You'll be in the bathroom peeing the entire day. Build up to it, okay, a little bit at a time. But your goal is to get to where you're drinking half your body weight in ounces of water every day. Um, reduce stress levels. Get some rest. Uh, I know that that's not always easy. You know, I work in the herbal supplement industry. Uh, my job with Wise Woman Herbals, uh, we provide herbal supplements to people in the medical industry, but also just the general consumer. And things are insane right now. It is so busy and it's so stressful but we feel so passionate about helping people get the products that they need. So do what you can to reduce your stress level right now. Make sure that you're trying to get good sleep. That's essential for our body to recover from anything, okay? Um, and supplement daily. So vitamin C, zinc, and vitamin D are my number one things that we supplement 
every single day, whether or not we are sick, okay? And then of course, if you are sick, stay home. Don't go out, spread it to others. And if you're sick and you must go out, please wear a mask. That way you're not coughing and sneezing on others or on surfaces where other people will then contract it, okay? All right, so my supplement choices because some things we can't make in the kitchen. And even if we could, not everybody wants to, I get that. So this is my favorite vitamin C. It's by Empirical Labs. It's a liposomal vitamin C. Uh, what most people know about vitamin C is that we pee out most of what we take in, right? So it's a water-soluble vitamin and the body can only use a certain amount at a time and we will urinate out the rest. Now this one, because it says it's liposomal, that means that it's wrapped in a lipid layer, a fat layer, so our body can absorb it better. It's more bioavailable vitamin C. In reality, I don't care what vitamin C you use, just get some vitamin C, right? But this is one, this is my favorite, and so that's why I put it on here. Next is zinc. I I like the Pure Encapsulations brand. I believe that it's a very um, high quality product. It's a very clean product. Uh, the dosage is 30 milligrams a day. Uh, and zinc is found in all of the cells of our body and helps us to fight off bacteria and virus. So it's important for us to be supplementing with zinc. When we um, for, you know, some people are naturally zinc deficient for a variety of reasons, but also when we are in contact with a virus or a bacteria, we need more zinc than what naturally is happening in the body, okay? Um, so zinc and vitamin C are going to be working together to stop viral replication. So what's important to know about viruses is they have to infect a particular cell in your body and then they rely on those cells replicating themselves. So things like vitamin C come in and they stop that replication from happening, okay? So it's not just take vitamin C because everybody tells you to. Like there's an actual reason why we take vitamin C. Um, the next one would be um, vitamin D. So the average individual needs 3,000 international units of vitamin D. That's if you're a normal, healthy person with good vitamin D levels. Um, if you think that you're deficient, then, and I suggest everybody gets a vitamin D blood test um, to know where you're at. Most people are deficient to a degree. I, at least the clients that I see in my clinic, uh, most of them are deficient. Um, I'm deficient. Um, so I take much more than 3,000 IUs a day. But I do not recommend you take more than that unless you have a blood test telling you that you are deficient. This is a, a vitamin that you can get too much of. So I just want you to be aware of that. And vitamin D modulates um, our immune system, both our innate immunity and our adaptive immunity. So it's really essential that we have enough vitamin D. The next one that I show there is elderberry plus syrup. And so I like this one. So this is different than the one I showed you earlier, the plain elderberry. This, this one has the addition of echinacea, vitamin C, zinc, 
and OSHA. So we're getting immune support that's more broad spectrum than if we were just taking elderberry by itself. So in the beginning or for prevention, the plain elderberry is great. Once you start to feel like you're getting sick, I switch people to elderberry plus. Now I will tell you, like if you're interested in buying this particular brand, um, we are having some stock issues as you can imagine right now. So just know you, if you order this, it may take a little bit to get to you, but just giving you an idea of what my favorite ones are. Um, the next thing would be licorice. And so here's a few different choices for licorice root. Now licorice root slows or even stops viral replication by blocking how that virus assimilates into host cells. So this is a really important one for you. You can do a liquid. So this, so there's a licorice solid extract. It's not really solid. It's like a syrup. Um, tastes sort of like molasses. So if you like molasses or if you like a black licorice flavor, that's an awesome one. You can put it into hot water and make tea with it, or you can take it straight. There's also capsules. So I like the Douglas Laboratories brand of licorice root, and there's two options that I have up on the screen for you. One says glycerizin, and the other says deglycerinated. So glycerizin in licorice root is what we know to be the most active chemical compound. If you have a history of high blood pressure, the glycerizin can cause your blood pressure to go up. So if you have that history, you want to choose the one that is deglycerinated, okay? Now the licorice solid extract from Wise Woman Herbals is not deglycerinated. That one does have glycerizin in it as well. So again, if you have a history of high blood pressure, you want a deglycerinated licorice. Now it will also say DGL. Okay, or you just want to not take too much. You want to be monitored. If you want to take the one with glycerizin, which is more potent, it is, um, then you want to be having a conversation with your healthcare practitioner to monitor your blood pressure. Okay, so I just want you to really be aware of that. Okay. Phytoguard Immune. I love this one. This has some echinacea and hyssop and lomatium and licorice and a few other herbs in there. And it's a really great antiviral, um, but also herbs that are going to be protective of the immune system in terms of not pushing us into like a cytokine storm situation. So for this particular virus, I love Phytoguard Immune. Um, also on your screen is Dragonfire Winter Tonic. This is Wise Woman Herbal's version of a fire cider. So if you're not wanting to make your own fire cider, you can purchase this one, or there are other companies that carry fire cider type of remedies. I will tell you this Dragonfire is super hot. So you definitely want to dilute this one in some water or some juice if you're going to take it because it's Okay. All right. Echinacea and golden seal. So golden seal, if you remember earlier, that's a berberine containing herb. 
the berberine protects the mucous membrane of the lungs, protects the cilia. And so you can take capsules of Echinacea and Golden Seal. I love Nature's Way. They're a brand you can get at the grocery store. Um, but they're a really clean, high-quality brand. So you can pick that up anywhere. I love that. You also can get a liquid. So this one on the screen is Hydrastis Glycerite. Hydrastis is the botanical name for Golden Seal. Um, and this one's in a glycerin preparation, so it's alcohol-free. The glycerin's a little bit sweet. Um, so it's actually a lot sweet. So it kind of combats the really nasty flavor of Golden Seal. I'll be honest, Golden Seal does not taste good. This is one of those times where you're like, hey, it's my medicine. I don't care what it tastes like. You just have to take it. But the glycerin kind of balances that out a little bit so it's a little more palatable. And that's why I like this particular one. And even though glycerin is sweet, it does not it's not metabolized in the body like sugar is, so it does not cause an insulin spike. So it is also safe for people with diabetes to take glycerin preparations, okay? All right. So when should we seek medical care? So if you are using herbs and you are also on pharmaceutical medications. First, I will tell you to make sure that you're getting some guidance from an herbal practitioner or a naturopathic physician or a medical physician who has, um, who has knowledge of using herbs because there are herbs and drugs that will interact together in a negative way. Um, do not go to the urgent care or the emergency room for a mild, infection of what you think is this illness don't go just to get tested because going out you're spreading that illness and most of the time for most people you're going to get this and move right through it and it's going to be no big deal however do seek medical attention if your symptoms get worse and if you experience difficulty breathing do seek medical attention if you're over age 60 and you are really not feeling good, okay? That's, when, that's who we want to go to the doctor. Okay, again, herbs and drugs. Herbs and pharmaceuticals can have interactions. Just because herbs are natural does not mean they're automatically inherently safe. They're very safe when used properly, but it's important to have guidance from a qualified herbal practitioner. So an herbalist or a naturopathic physician, some DOs know herbs, um, some functional medicine doctors, integrative medical doctors know herbs. So seek guidance if you're wanting to use herbs and you take pharmaceutical medications. Now, using herbs in food form does not pose risk like supplementation does. So um, you know, if you're going to choose to add all of those herbs and spices we talked about to soups and stews right now and feed yourself your medicine, that's awesome. Okay, the body really knows how to handle that. And it is very rare that there's going to be an interaction from you eating food. So I say food as medicine first, and then we look at supplementation for things that are more specific. 
okay? All right, so some resources of where you can get the supplements that I talked about. So I have on my website, herbalwisdominstitute.com, you can go to the, the tab at the top that says shop, and you can click through to my full script dispensary. And through there, you can find all of the things that I talked about, as well as like hundreds of other brands. So in reality, I don't care what brands you choose, you get to choose that. I just wanted to show you the ones that I like. So that's one place you can go. You can go to Wise Woman Herbal's website if you're interested in their um, supplements. And you can go on Amazon.com. Um, you can buy all the things that I mentioned also on Amazon. Um, and you might find some other really cool things. So those are just a few places you can go. And then that keeps you out of the stores. Even the Nature's Way that I told you that's sold in the grocery store, you can get that on Amazon. You can get that on Fullscript. So you don't ever have to leave your house right now if you're concerned about going out to the grocery store or if you're in one of those vulnerable populations, okay? You can order it online, have it delivered to you, super easy. Okay, if this conversation today has caused you to want to learn more about how to use herbs as medicine and how to do it safely, then I have a few courses that you can take a look at. First is Herbal Medicine Basics. That's an online video course on my website. It's normally $85, it's on sale for 59. It's six videos, you have lifetime access to that with all the handouts and downloads that you need. So that's a great way to get started. In that course, I go through a lot of basic information about herbs, um, herbal actions, the types of herbal preparations and, and what those are and how do we use them. But then I go through body systems, the immune system, the respiratory system, the digestive system, the nervous system, the skin and herbal first aid. And I give you simple herbal remedies that you can start to do at home. Then there's an herbal flavors and energetics course that's a, a two hour video class that um, you can go through. So when I was talking about this condition being cold and damp, and we want to then use warm and dry herbs, that's the kind of thing we cover in that class. Um, and then there's the Foundations in Western Herbalism certification course. That's a 10-month herbalist certification course in Arizona. We meet one weekend a month for the 10 months. And at the end of that, Herbal Wisdom Institute certifies you as an herbalist. So those are some ways that you can learn more and really start to empower yourself to take care of your health, the health of your family, and the health of your community in a more natural way. Um, so, you know, the medical community for viruses says, you know, they don't have things for viruses. There is no medication for this virus. You have to let it run its course. As herbalists, we know we don't just have to let things run their course. There's a lot in the natural world that is very effective for viruses. So I encourage you to take a look at, um, at you know, any of those courses. So, all right, I am going to stop sharing my screen. Then you'll get to see my face again. And I'm going to unmute everybody. So I will ask you to 
mute yourself right now, but if you have a question, go ahead and unmute and ask your question. I'm totally happy to answer anything I can. Just know everything I've talked about is what I know right now. With all the information coming out, things can change, okay? More information could be coming. So this was just from the book of Chris. You can take it or leave it. But Okay, so now I'm going to open it up. Does anybody have any questions? I have so if question. you do, say your name first so I know who I'm talking to. Car it's Carrie. Hi. Hi, Chris. Um, I had a question. I'm, well, I'm sick. Oh, no. Your phone's on the counter. <clears throat> and, I, and I just returned my daughter's phone after a hiatus. She's so happy. At least she's okay. So I'm sick, and I had a fever on Friday. I got sick in February. I think I was sick with the same thing, like you said. And then it went away, and then Friday night I had a low fever, and then I've had a cough ever since. And I've been trying to supplement as well as I can, but I'm not an herbalist. My lungs are and I'm still coughing, so I'm taking some time okay. off work. I wanted to know when you thought maybe I would be able to go back to work. Should I call you separately? Um, what should I be doing? Okay, so here's the recommendation for when you can return back to society. When you have not had a fever, for I think they said three or more days. For three or more days. When you are not um, coughing and sneezing so that you you will spread droplets. Oh. So if you are still coughing, um, <coughs> then sure. you should be staying home. Okay. If you have to go to work, you should be wearing a mask. What's my best thing for the coughing? So I would try the honey, lemon, and ginger, and you can yeah. put a little bit of thyme in that. That's going to help to um, dry up if you've got, you know, if there's still mucus there, that will help to dry that up. Mm -hmm. That's a very warming and drying remedy. Um, Antispasmodic for the cough. Um, so that, I think, will be really good for you. Um, that was what helped me when I was going through that, and I was coughing a lot. I did a lot of that honey, lemon, and ginger, and that ginger. seemed to get um, me through. She's like, I only have the ginger tincture from Wise Woman. Yep, you can do that too. Take, it, take the ginger tincture. Yep, okay. one to two dropper full. And All you right. could even put that in a little bit of tea with some honey and lemon. That would be All a right. good way to use that. Okay? Awesome. Thank you, beauty. You're welcome. All right, anybody else have a question? I do. Georgie here. Hi, Georgie. How about, how do you feel about oregano oil uh, as opposed to the thyme? If, if I happen to have oregano oil, um, and I, uh, I like using that. What do you think about it? Yeah, I, I say, yeah. Any of those culinary types of herbs are going to be awesome at that. So oregano would be a good choice. Um, I want to say the only one that I've, Talked to somebody that said it did not work was I know a lot of people like to use olive leaf and that one did not seem to be working but I think oregano would be a good thing to try okay thanks you're welcome any other questions 
Uh, hi, I'm Roma. I have a question. Hi. Hi. Um, I have some ideas. I don't know if you're familiar with La Rea Trident Hada. It's like Chaparral, the Absolutely. desert. Absolutely. I'm in Arizona. Yes. So um, is taking like a small amount of that good? Also colloidal silver, alkaline things? Yeah, so Lorea would be really fantastic for this particular illness. And so take, you can take that um, small amounts internally. Um, you're taking it for a short amount of time, so there's really not much risk. But then also doing a steam inhalation from the Lorea. Okay, so you great. can boil that into a pot and then tent with a towel over it and breathe yeah. in all the volatile oils that are coming up, and that's going to be really cleansing and supportive for the lungs and, and antiviral. Great, thank you. Oh, and colloidal You're silver, welcome. do you have an opinion on You that? know, I'll be honest, I'm not a colloidal silver user, so I can't really speak to that. It's not just, it's just never been something in my repertoire. You know, not that it's bad or good, I don't know. I, I just, I've never used it, so I, I don't feel like I'm qualified to answer that I part of your question. Like two or three drops in a gallon of water along with some baking soda, okay. but that's just normal for me. Um. Right, right. <laughs> okay, great. Great, thank you. You're welcome. Any other questions? Okay, well, I thank you guys so much for coming on. I hope that you learned something that you feel is important. I hope that having some strategies uh, allows you to not be so fearful. And I hope that you feel a little bit empowered to be able to handle what we're dealing with right now and have a better understanding of kind of where we're at and where we're going with this. So again, I appreciate you. If you have any other questions or you want to reach out, you can do that through my website, herbalwisdominstitute.com. I'd be happy to hear from you and see how you're doing. So, Thank you all again so much, and I hope to see you on another class. Take Thanks. care.